doing the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Countdown to Nine podcast. Counting down one movie in the Star Wars universe per month until we get to The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we're clear of the prequels and moving on chronologically to what's next, and that's Solo, a Star Wars story, taking up the whole hour this month. Paul Preston here from the movie guys in the balmy confines of the Admirals Club in Burbank, <laughs> California. Amid the whir of air conditioners and swamp coolers, you'll hear them in the background because suddenly... It's summer. Like yeah. it just happened on a Boom, like baby. Bringing my patio furniture in and out. Didn't know if it was going to rain or what. And suddenly, bam, it's a brutal heat. Welcome so, to California. Enjoy the hum underneath <laughs> our voices. I'm here alongside Sean Blodgett of the mighty Creative Motion Entertainment. Oh, yeah. Bringing uh, all types of different media to all kinds of different screens. You know, small, big, all that stuff. That's a whole different As thing. of this taping, we are 27 weeks and three days away from Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. That's 192 days. Which sounds better? Uh, I don't know. I like 192 days yeah. right now because it's, it's getting closer. I'm getting more excited. The anticipation is building. Antissa! Nobody's going to say say it. Really? Come on. Oh. <laughs> well, let's get to it. Let's, let's not leave our guest out because I don't know if he knows he wants to say stuff. And I want him to yell of out Of course, he, he can likes. say yeah. whatever he I, wants. I, Absolutely. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No, no. You go right ahead. Jump in. Joining us this uh, in this month's talk of all things solo is the author of Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away, now available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and more. He's a movie talk Forced to be reckoned with, no pun intended, on pop culture shows all over the web, including Collider, Movie Talk, Force Center, and the movie trivia Schmodown. It's Ken Napsok, everybody! Woo! So happy to be here and happy that I can talk. I did not. I don't want to ever step over interest. I can't step oh, over interest. No, it's all good. It's all good. We're so excited you're here, man. I'm, I'm excited so excited. We had a chance to to take a glimpse in the book, and and yeah. I, I just love the spirit of it. I mean, I know we're gonna get into it more, but uh, I, the the energy that you wrote that book in is the reason that that I certainly wanted to start doing this podcast. Is the awesome. the celebration of Star Wars? Because I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a it's beyond a cultural phenomenon. It's it's. It's just joy. I, I think it's just joy. <laughs> it's joy. It's life. Uh, yeah, it is. I agree. It's, it's Which, by the way, is what pisses some people off because mm-hmm. of, you know, there's life in The Last Jedi. But we'll get to that in oh. later. <laughs> I always love bringing that one Let's up. Let's do it. <laughs> Ken loves all the movies. It's, Last Jedi is my second favorite Star Wars film. Yeah. yeah. What, is this number one? No, no, but this is, uh, I, I love this one, so why I'm doing it. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Can I just yeah. jump in real quick and sure. say, yeah. so out of all the Star Wars movies, this is the one I know the least. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a newer one yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that stuff, fair. but I, I, you know, I just, it's the one I knew the least. And so when, when we got to this episode, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to watch this again. Yeah, I need yeah. to really, you know, because some of the other ones are like, yeah, Capra, oh, yeah, 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 Jar Jar Binks, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went back and I watched it and I'm like, I really had a great time. Like, I yeah. truly, truly enjoyed it. I feel like mm-hmm. they captured the fun of Star Wars in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you agree, disagree with any of us, please chime in uh, at themovieguys.net, countdown to nine at gmail.com, at countdown to nine pretty much everywhere across social media. And before we get to Solo, a Star Wars story, there's always something that goes on right when we're taping one of these episodes, something big in the Star Wars universe, whether it's Celebration or uh, Peter Mayhew's passing. Last time we talked about that. This time, we must talk about the grand opening of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Now, unless you're living in a Wampa cave, <laughs> you're probably uh, well aware that Galaxy's Edge is the official name for what's been called Star Wars Land by fans, and it's soft-opened in California on Memorial Day and is opening for Labor Day weekend in Florida. Ken, did oh, you go? haven't had a chance to go yet. Haven't gone yet? Uh, I'm eagerly anticipating. I kind of... Both rides aren't open yet in Anaheim, uh, Rise of Resistance and Smuggler's Run. So I'm waiting uh, waiting for the crowds to da- die down just a little bit so I can uh, enjoy it a little bit more. 
I yeah. went. Yeah. Huh? To a employee day. Gotcha. So a buddy of mine uh, got me in. And yeah, only one of the two rides is open. Right. But um, they did something cool that I hear that they're doing with actual patrons. Okay. We went in in four-hour windows. Three right. hours in, the next group would come in, you know, so there's an hour overlap. And man, it made getting through things great better because you probably saw the promotional photo of the millennium falcon with a dad <laughs> and the daughter and they're looking at the falcon it's like it will never ever look like this yeah yeah, yeah. uh but th- every every crowd was manageable that's I thought. great that's really that's cool. good yeah. i can't wait to go i didn't I, yeah. I had a possible opportunity of going and you know i was going to go solo and i i told my wife and kids i'm like hey i, I might have this opportunity and they looked at me like this just complete disdain, and I was just like, <laughs> no. or I could, or I could put it off a bit. Well, uh, you know what? We family. should go as a family. We should definitely go as a family. Family's so no, I want to go with them Wars. anyway too, because uh, yeah. I mean they're you know they're fans too, so I want Love them it. to enjoy it. So yeah, and I think yeah. the slow rollout won't just be the the ride, the second ride, but many other things as well. Like when I was there, I didn't see Ray or I didn't see any huge interactions oh, with characters. Okay. There were moments that happened. Kylo yelled at some guys and choked them. And, and Chewie <laughs> was working on a ship and all that, and he had a little thing where he tried to get people to help him fix the ship. Right. But I've seen video now of Ray guiding little kids all through the land, hiding oh, behind wow. things, trying to, to have the kids use the force against some uh, some First Order oh troopers who come around the That's corner. Cool. So it oh, seems like there's going to wow. be a lot of cool interactive ones. And the production design is the big win. Yeah. If you just yeah. want to feel like you're in Star Wars. Okay. And they specifically made it Batu, a, a world that's not of canon right. uh, Star Wars currently the Disney rep said so you can have your own Star Wars adventure right right, right. Is, but is that going to be in episode 9 well no it's it's mentioned in Solo and there's comics and books with it now oh, oh right? okay yeah, but, okay. It was, but it was they chose what you're describing is what they wanted an entire new planet but you can just go in there and create your own adventures because it's not Endor it's right, not right. You know, you're not lost in that uh, well uh, Chief Chirpa would have been you know <laughs> yeah. <at least> <laughs> Admiral Piet would have come to my aid here. <laughs> that damn Chief Chopo! <laughs> uh, but there seems to be a, like a, an area that's sort of taken over by the fir- uh, First Order. And then okay. there's, if you go through to like the, where the Rise of the Resistance ride is, it seems like over in that area, maybe not so much. So you mm. kind of have like, but what's cool is I was just talking about the lightsabers at this place where you can build your own lightsaber right. for 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, I, I walked away with no swag. <laughs> yeah. But, um... <laughs> But I was like, these are the parts of the lightsaber. And the guy was like, shh. They were listening to it. Like, the, the guy in retail was playing a part <laughs> Play of, like, the First Order is listening to us. We wow. need to talk about these sabers I on want the down that. low. That's what wow. I'm looking That was great. There's you know? a resistant spy character that's roaming around named V. Marathi, And I'm desperate to find her and have a conversation with her. And pull her aside and be like, hey. I've got the plan. How do you know about this? Uh, I, she, she, it was announced. It's the character oh. in, in the Phasma novel. Everyone's going to be looking for it. <laughs> well, oh, my God. So that's incredible. I, I, had, I, I, I can't had believe a, it's this immersive. Yeah, I had a couple oh. friends that went, and they started, and they're book fans like me, and they, they mentioned it, and she was like, you're not very careful, are you? Like, I can't get discovered. Like they, So they're in it, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's in her it? name? Uh, v. Marathi, yeah. or, or Vi. V. I. Marathi. Are they on the street like, hey, V! <laughs> like, shut up! Before you get thrown in the brig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ride itself, Smuggler's Run, was pretty cool. Okay. Biggest line was the cantina, as I said. Which oh, yeah. I wish they had a band. They got a DJ. But that's life. 
I wish there were more <laughs> bands than DJs in life. That's true. I'm surprised they don't have <laughs> a band. True. I feel like that maybe that's going to come. Yeah, maybe. so you got a robot. It's the it's the robot from Star Wars oh. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. that's for the it's, Oh, yeah. that's kind of a nice Paul Rubens, yeah. reference. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's and uh, you've seen the Millennium Falcon in photos. Yes. There are, there's more than one ship, too. Okay. Which oh. I won't say what, what there is, but it's kind of cool for photo ops. Again, photo ops off the chart. I mean, You'll seriously, be them all day. for me, just the opportunity to be in front of the Millennium Falcon, yeah, see it in real life. It, absolutely, I, I could do that and yeah. be like, I'm good. I we can let's go get a corn dog. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some people want three, four rides or something. I, but you, if you're if you have that mindset, it, the place will be a win for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Stuff. Uh, and also, anything new about Episode 9 since last time we talked? So you were at Celebration, um, weren't you? I was at Celebration, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any uh, Anything new? In last I mean, couple, since then we heard, obviously, the trailer, the title, uh, hey, um, Vanity Fair photos. Since you were there, yeah, I was yeah. going to bring up the Vanity Fair uh, thing, but since you were there, yeah. what, what was your take on the reaction of... The trailer. It was uh, it was just an uh, an amazing reaction. And nice. the next day, I've, I've told the story, a couple spots, but it's worth sharing. The next day, so they, the Friday morning was the trailer, and, they, and you know, obviously, it's going to be hyped in the panel. Sure, the panels. You know, Colbert was hosting it, which was fine, but it's like we all have they all have that rhythm now. JJ, could you tell us anything? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to Steve. Do you want a trailer? Like. We get it, but it was awesome. Uh, Anthony Daniels does a one-man show that no one wants him to do. Kathleen Kennedy getting visibly annoyed at Anthony Daniels was uh, worth the price of admission. Um, Oh, that's funny. He often does a one-man show at these cons. does. But when you put him with other people, yeah, he's got to rein it in. Um, And he's great. Who doesn't love three people? But it's fun. Uh, It was the next day. So I was on the convention floor roaming around with my podcast partner, Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, we're just kind of shopping, checking toys out. And you know, the Star Wars show was doing live shows from the center stage. And they went to break. And so while they're going to break, the trailer starts to play. And one by one, fans stopped and started to gather to watch it all again. Mm-hmm. And they're cheering and hooting and hollering in this minute and a half trailer. And I started to get, like, teary-eyed because wow. I'm like, the, you can't tell me the joy's not there, man. Yeah. You cannot tell me. It yeah. just was a really organic experience versus a convention hall right. arena where we're all there for the panel. This was just like, oh, I'm eating a corn dog. Let me go watch this trailer. <laughs> right. And it was really special to see. That's really yeah, awesome. Really that, that was my highlight. I'm so happy. When, yeah. when, when, he, when we talked about it at the last episode, mm. we were both so struck by the music. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that music is just... It's, so Williams is in overdrive yeah. in that trailer. It. Yeah. it just... It's epic. He's it, taking it, it home. It's yeah. so emotive. Yeah. You know, to me, it's, it, I mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the, the Vanity Fair picks you said. Oh, are, yes. Are yeah. New as yeah. Well. I actually had a chance to uh, to look at the Vanity Fair. There's like a video, you know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. kind of thing and stuff. And I mean, it, it's funny because it's it's just, I mean, that's very well planned out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just behind the scenes of, of a moment we saw yeah. in the trailer. And you're yeah. like, wow, that you y'all had a good plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was cool to see Carrie Russell's character. She looks uh, yeah. kind of mysterious and cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what she's up to. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, Bliss. What's her? I forget her first name. I always confuse her with professional wrestler Alexa Bliss, and that's not her name. That's not her <laughs> that's character not name. The Last name is not Bliss. the Star Wars it's, it's universe Sorry, Bliss or something like that, yeah. If you uh, think a movie called Solo, a Star Wars story, is about a cantina band member who goes rogue and does a 135-minute solo on the clue horn, you're wrong. Let's get people caught up on 
just what Solo, a Star Wars story, is actually about. And I've always thought that if I wanted to see young Han Solo, I'd just watch 1977 Star Wars. But apparently, there was a call that he be even younger, so we get this prequel, Solo, a Star Wars backstory. About an orphaned Han on the planet Corellia. And it begins the way they all do. No, it doesn't. It begins like this. Yes, apparently John Williams, your services will not be needed at the top of the film. The movie gets right to it with our hero Han attempting to escape the crime slums of Corellia with his girlfriend, Kira. No, Kira. It's not... That's not cute. <laughs> the slums of Corellia are run by a gang lord named Lady Proxima. You know, Sean, if you ever get a rash on your nads, take Proxima. I took Proxima for a week and it went away. I mean, that <laughs> happened to a friend. Proxima is played by Linda Hunt, or maybe just voiced by Linda Hunt. Not sure. I'll have to take a closer look next time. Now, Han bribes an Imperial Guard with coaxium, a much sought-after hyperspace fuel, after, uh, and then allows him to escape Corellia, but Kira is separated from him. He vows to return to her and calls upon the Empire. That's not, it's not that one. It's, not, it's this one. Although they're both pretty shady. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, wait, the Empire? The bad guys? Yes, this movie's a rogue one. Except for <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> Luckily, he gets a job, an opportunity to learn how to be the greatest pilot in the galaxy. And he also gets a last name given to him by an Imperial recruiting officer. What's your name, son? Han. Han what? Who are your people? I don't have people. I'm alone. Um, Solo. Approved. Have your people call my people. Yes. You what? know, you know, as people, I searched have your people call my people. You know what came up? What? Someone with a lot of time on their hands edited together all the times they talk about people in a Tomb Raider game. I understand what it's like to lose people. Many of my people live in those ruins. <laughs> There's no sign of your people. We're losing too many people. Maybe your people have sacrificed enough. Who has that my kind of people time? will die to protect it. How many hits does that video have? Yeah, <laughs> <know>. yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, Chewie also got his name uh, circumstantially when he was an orphan Wookiee. Someone asked him his name and he was eating. <laughs> Is that where we're going to insert crickets? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love that bit. Anyway, back to our story. Han gets thrown out of the flight academy for having a mind of his own and gets thrown into the infantry. There, he comes across a pirate named Beckett and his group of scallywags. Oh, great word. A group of ruffians. Hooligans! A ragtag group of ne'er-do-wells. Is there any other kind. Anyway, these miscreants might be his ticket out of yet another jam. Being the ever-youthful optimist and not yet having grown into the bitter Han Solo we all know and love, he meets Chewbacca and they join the group of reprobates and become a part of the greatest space heist, er, space train heist in history. Maybe not the greatest. <laughs> I turn it down, that means you talk. Otherwise, I turn it back up. Turns out the group of knaves are out to heist some precious coaxium so they can pay crime boss Dryden Vos. You know, Sean, if you get a serious case of Dryden Vos anywhere near your nads, <laughs> Proxima will clear that up. For me, uh, the turnaround was like overnight. I mean, that happened to a friend. 
As heist do, the heist, as heist do, the heist goes wrong. You're gonna be okay! <laughs> now say it! <laughs> You're gonna be okay! <laughs> You're gonna be okay! But luckily, they have young, naive, happy-go-lucky, somewhat cocky, but ever the optimist, Han, to renegotiate with Dryden to let them get the coaxium from a mine on Kessel. Kessel one reference. Minute. You're gonna get that. I love that the fantasy space fuel of a faraway land has a similar name to a super low-tech cable that can bring you TV programming you don't even want anymore. You know, fun fact, Sean. In an early version of the solo script by James Cameron, the hyperspace fuel was called Go Real Fastium. <laughs> that sounds unobtainium-ish. Yes. <laughs> yes, with, with, right there with the explanation. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> In case you didn't know that reference. Dryden insists that Han be accompanied by the new top lieutenant in his crime organization, Crimson Dawn, a woman named Kira. What? That's right, she's alive, beautiful as ever, and now super powerful. Dracaris. They now need a fast ship to complete the re-heist, as no one is calling it, and Kira leads them to accomplished smuggler and pilot Lando Calrissian, and tries to win Lando's ship, the Millennium Falcon, in Sabacc? but loses it to the slick Lando. 60% of the time, it works every time. Eventually, Lando agrees to be part of the crew, and the adventure <laughs> begins, or continues, really. Han, Lando, and company arrive on Kessel. Kessel, one reference. <laughs> and infiltrate the mine. They steal the coaxium, and Han Solo... What, Sean? What does Han Solo do? He pilots the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Oh, thank God! They bring it up. <laughs> anyway, well, you just can't have a Han Solo movie without that reference. And upon returning to co the Coaxium to Dryden, Han becomes sympathetic to the anti-Empire cause and tries to trick Voss. But it's Beckett who does the double cross. But then Beckett betrays Voss. And then Kira betrays Voss. Are you still with me? I said, are you following me? Can you hear me? What? Do you get what's happening? What? All right, eventually, Kira contacts Voss's boss. Moses supposes. Who is Darth Maul, who is also dead, but not anymore. Something apparently happened on a TV show I don't watch. Eventually, Han shoots Beckett for all the annoying double crosses, and he gives the coaxium to a group of rebels. He then revisits Lando and tries to win the Falcon back, and he blaves him. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. Huh? So you're probably playing cards, and he cheated. Han and Chewie blast off to Tatooine in the Falcon, and as we hit light speed, the movie ends as all the others do. Oh, it does! That's right! It started different, but it ends the same. Man. In case you forgot what the movie was about, that's, right. that's, that's it. Pretty accurate, yeah. I thought. I think it was right on. Um, you want to jump in? What do you mean? I mean, you know, into the water. Into the deep. Sean, do you have a topic you'd like to discuss? <laughs> I want to discuss right out of the gate that that Solo was not a flop. And I I, I really dislike when people refer to it as that. Sean, I got numbers. Uh, well, look, the numbers... $392 million at the box office. That is on a $275 million budget, which probably does not include marketing. So it only made 213 domestic, which is... Uh, that's only in, that's only in more box than office. the Empire Strikes Back's nineteen eighty dollars 
but less than Return of the Jedi's 1983 dollars. So that'll just teach you to not have C-3PO and R2-D2 in your movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's that is factor. interesting. I that's didn't even think factor. about that. But Sean, wow. your point. Well, I mean, my point is this. Traditionally speaking, if we were talking about this as just a feature that somebody made, it wasn't Star Wars, and you made a movie for, you know, let's just say $275 million, and that movie made uh, over $300 million, you made your budget back. So to say tell that, that to, tell that to Ghostbusters 2016, <laughs> right? True, but that's not even including DVDs, Blu-rays, streaming deals, I and mean, we don't know how much it made on the Netflix deal. Um, I guess my point is, you know, to refer to it as a flop is 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 just not a true statement. You know, to me, a flop is something you make a 275 million dollar film and it makes 80 million bucks. That's a flop. Agreed. Yeah, it's frustrating to me as a as a as a as a fan to hear that word thrown around. I it's hard to deny financially the struggles. It's hard to deny some of the reaction to it. I still run into Star Wars fans who are you know not steeped in Star Wars Twitter. They're just fans, and they're like, uh, "Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't had watched that yet." And I'll ask why, and they're like, "Ah, you know, I don't know. I, I'll get to it." And and yeah. it didn't have that urgency. But a lot of that, I look at Uncle Bob Iger, as as we like to call him, uh, <laughs> uh, and he kind of took some of the fall. Uh, take the director thing aside, um, the marketing, the marketing issue, uh, where, where big box stores had to put Avengers Endgame stuff out up until weeks before Solo came out, and so or Disney Infinity War, yeah, Infinity War. Excuse yeah. me, yes, yeah. excuse me. Um, they were working against themselves. Yeah. And, I, I and totally agree. They didn't agree. create the urgency uh, for the movie. And then when you go see it, and if you're just a casual fan, it lacks the big epic ticking clock type of thing. It has a smaller one, but there's no super weapon. There's yep. no that. And I think people came out kind of going, eh. Which, so I argue, I, I think artistically, even with the director uh, issues, yeah. uh, that it, it is more rewarding than people give it credit for. But... Yeah, I think they should. I'm with you. I'm with you on just it, it got tossed outside too quickly. And I also think it, you know, it coming literally off the heels of the Last Jedi oh, yeah. and the and the drama that surrounded that film. But but but, but more importantly, mm -hmm. the release dates being so close together, I, I just don't up. think it helped. And on top of that, the the piece of the puzzle that everybody I think leaves out is you know, people talk about uh, you know Last Jedi didn't make as much money as Force Awakens. Well, in my opinion, it's not going to because mm -hmm. everybody was so excited about Force Awakens. Like, what is this movie going to be? It's Star Wars, it's, but it's Disney, and now, you know, what's, what is this? And George mm -hmm. isn't at the helm. And I mean, everybody was so interested, and then when you saw the first trailer, like, holy crap, this looks really good! You know, I, there was so much anticipation. Of course it's not going to make the same amount yeah, of money. $600 million. Mm -hmm. Like, no one's going to call that one a flop. Right. right I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, 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 so. yeah. But I mean, okay, so, so to the point, though, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was also had on its side, I think, it was the first a Star Wars story. Mm -hmm. It was the first time People we were gonna to get yeah, a yeah. chance. Like, what what are these gonna be? Are are, are are we gonna see? Are we gonna see an opening scroll? Are we gonna right. see? You know, what I mean, there's all these questions that we as fans had, and so then they got answered. Some to some people's delight, some to not. Mm -hmm. But now you've got Solo, and you're like, okay, it's another Star Wars movie, and I just saw a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm kind of good, and it's a Star Wars story. So the import of it, mm -hmm. ah. And then, uh, you know, I love Han Solo, but for some people, it's, it's that, like... 
Is that the is that the crux for some people? This is not an episode. This is a story. Yeah. Not so much into stories. I like episodes. Yeah, I, like stories. Well, I, I think for some like people they're more into the saga than they yeah. are into the the story uh, movies. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's true, but I, I mean, no, they're, it's, they're, it's true. In, in a casual way, I hear a lot of. Uh, we didn't ask for this movie. Well, you didn't ask for any movie. <laughs> You're gonna get it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't like that statement. Yeah, either, and, yeah, and and but I understand the sentiment behind it. But I I, I would push back on on it. But but yeah. yeah yeah all but it was a big. There was nothing working for this. Yeah, <laughs> for this movie, unfortunately, uh, before even before it even hit the screen. I wish they would have shelved it for a little bit. Personally, the I, original I think... December release date. Uh, right. Well, they, they got confused. Uh, I think this one did get pushed back. It was supposed to be December, pushed up, I should say. I can't remember. They've switched them around because nine, 9 was eventually uh, moved back to December, too. Right. The director changed, so I don't know. And an unfortunate byproduct of not going uh, December with Star Wars is mm-hmm. Aquaman mm-hmm. kind of gets more eyes on it, uh, yeah. that makes more money, and now DC feels good about yeah. their movies. <laughs> and thanks a lot, Star Wars. And now they're like, like let's recast Star Batman. <laughs> Give false Nothing. hope to a company. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> So yeah. For me, uh, the whole thing with the—I mean, I always say when Miller and Lord won their Oscar for Spider-Man into the uh-huh. Spider-Verse, I said, "Wow, well, think of the the solo movie we could have we could have had." You're the expert. You're the pro. Yeah. What happened behind the scenes where uh-huh. Ron Howard comes in as to take over for these yeah. guys after they're firing? Yeah, I, I get I get that sense too. I, I I like a lot of what they do. Big fan of uh, Last Man on Earth, um, which they had a lot to do with. Uh, though I'm, I think I'm more of a fan of w- Will Forte than them. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I can speak in rumors that I have they've heard, um, uh, but those are rumors, and none of us are in those meetings. But it just didn't seem to be working from the start, mm. w- including uh, you know who may have selected them to be the directors versus oh. who was supposed to work with them. Uh, there might have been you know uh, some Uncle Bob decisions in that. Um, huh. That uh, the, there's that one story of the crew clapping when they heard they got fired or whatever. You know uh, I. I don't believe that 100%, but I've also heard some people tell me, nah, not as untrue as you thought. Um, but then... Uh, By the way, if I can jump into yeah. that, I, from the rumors I read online yeah. doing research for this, I mean, the, you know, a lot of improv, which is, you know, is fine if you're doing certain movies, but that mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the methodology that you can go down when you've got, you know, Here, a Star Wars I don't know, film. with a post... Yeah. Dreamcatcher Lawrence Kasdan script. You can do improv. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Kasdan was a factor. Don't run foul. Uh, don't run afoul of Larry. Yeah. And I, I have, I, I hear tell again. I, 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 uh, I really, you know, you, you, I hate throwing things out there, but I, I hear tell that they had an idea and the Kasdans had an idea, yeah. and that a lot of the improv you heard about, which is we all know we're in production. Sure, you're gonna do. Let's do a take. Go crazy, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Do a take, Paul. Grab a lightsaber. Um, <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> A lot of them, some of the improv might have been to get back to their story mm. uh, versus sticking with Larry and John's, and, and they're, they're, therein lies the friction. Oh, Something happened. So some of these rumors I hear, I toss them out because who knows? I it's mean, a grip being— But, but I want to tell you my favorite. Yeah. The, I heard that then they were told to stay on script, so they yeah. went and did takes where they literally were saying just the lines, like not even any emotion behind them. They had yeah. the actors just like say and read the lines. Yeah, I read And then they too. would send the dailies back like, there you go, like this. This is wise yeah. assery on an un- uh, oh, I heard, unknown I, level. 
people. I heard stuff, uh, you know, again, I heard stuff. I heard stuff down at the local cafe. Right. I heard stuff that one producer was at hiding. At the Coral. Yeah, yeah, at the Coral Cafe here in Burbank. Uh, that one, one producer was hiding Kathleen Kennedy's notes from them that I heard uh, oh, wow. Alden Eric called wow. uh, not to tattle on them, but to basically set being fired. So we um, don't have a definitive We don't know, story. and we never will, because I'm, sure no. I'm sure there's an agreement in place that besides can't talk about it. And, and, you know, I think most of the cast and crew is very nice and, and, and of both sides. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, and one, I'm sure they would have made a great so, a solo sure film if they would have been, been able and to it's, And it's a it. yeah. question we're always going to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, uh, Amelia Clark, I, one, I saw one tweet or comment or interview, you know, things come out where, you know, she said uh, um, her biggest direction of her character initially was uh, just, you know, be femme fatale. And uh, she's like, that's not direction. And, uh, mm. you know, maybe Ron Howard was, that was, she was the first one he kind of had to meet with to get back on board. So, so but again, there's always going to be conflict on films. Always going to be, we, we, we hear that something happened. <laughs> well, we'll see. I want to say this too, uh, and that is, I think Ron Howard did a fantastic job. One of, the, one of my favorite things about Ron Howard as a director is I believe he can direct anything. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily a director that has a specific style, like he's not like a Kubrick-style director mm -hmm. or something. Like, you know, like you, very rarely you're like, oh, that is, that is definitely Ron Howard because you can tell by the style, right? But, but what he is amazing at doing, I think, is making a clean motion picture that is well made, mm -hmm. that the, the, the points and the beats are all there, the, the coverage is what it needs to be, and and he captures it all in in, in a very dy I think in a very dynamic way. And yeah. honestly, watching the film again, I was blown away by how great it looked. Mm -hmm. It looks beautiful. Which, by the way, I want to talk about the DP later too. Uh, Brad cool uh, Young, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about the too. Yeah. it gets. Uh, I understand some of the. Depending on the theater you saw it, you had a different experience than other people. It's weird. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of like the well, it is a it yeah. is a less grazery looking Ron Howard movie it than is. most. Yeah. <laughs> no, no is that grazerian sheen is yeah. not on top like you yeah. often get. I, I agree. I looked at Ron Howard as uh, that old like uh, offensive coordinator who gets brought in when the young coach gets fired and he needs to just bring the team in home for that season. Yep. Like I'll come in, I'll calm the locker room down, and we'll we'll get you, we'll get you to a, a game. They shot I'm the Willow guy. Yeah, you love me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, we do. He's right. Yeah, I we mean, do love Willow. Seventy. <laughs> I think it was what was it? Seventy to eighty percent of the film they reshot. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, that and was the statistic too. I heard. Which does mean that, that we did. And that, get, that adds to the budget, which. Absolutely, which is my other argument, which is how many movies do you know that got shot twice and then released? There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even a, a Clint Howard cameo, which truly as, stamps the signature yeah. that it's a Ron Howard movie. As, uh, yes. Malik Healy, uh, potentially relative or brother of Malik Healy, the Rancor Keeper. Are that's you serious? Oh, I didn't yes. know that. Oh, that's so good. I, I love how all it. this goes on without the world knowing it yes. at all. That's okay, though. It's just in a little That's closet, That's the yeah. inside stuff that I yeah. think is brilliant. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's not the only familiar face. Darth Maul shows up. Yeah. Now, I only watch the movies. You watch everything. I watch right? everything. So I want your perspective. Give it to well, me. Well, he's dead. What are we doing? Like, that, that was yeah. my perspective. Cut in half. I don't care if there's a little, like, you know, a sewing across his midsection where someone took a needle and thread. Guy's dead. I mean, I could see a ghost, and it kind of um, was like a ghost mall in a way. Yeah, like, you, yeah, like yeah. You, But I haven't seen any uh, force ghosts who've been mm -hmm. Sith. So I, it was weird. 
I, I and I'm, I'm fascinated by that. It was it was an interesting choice by them because there is a divide. There's always going to be divide between the books, the comics, shows, video games, and people like me who know Ralakili as a character's name versus <laughs> uh, you know you're a fan. I see. I look around here. You're a fan. Yeah. And if you didn't happen to watch Clone Wars, that's not your fault. Uh, for them to make that choice, I love the choice. It really does fit in. And to, Star Wars Rebels. And Star Wars Rebels. Yep. It really does fit into the the, the new canon and the timeline, but. Uh, my girlfriend was an example of that, too. That's her favorite character. And when we walked out of the theater the first time she saw it, she was like, I, I'm confused. I thought this was after Phantom Menace. Yeah, I immediately went to timeline as well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. He came back. <laughs> he came back. <laughs> yeah. Which was George Lucas's idea uh, to bring him back. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I like the choice, but I'm, I'm fascinated by the perspective because yeah. that, I, I, you're not alone. Well, he's a fan favorite. Yeah. I so maybe absolutely it was like loved. What, whatever, what we have to do to bring him back, bring yeah. him back. I, I loved I loved the surprise of it. And I thought were it was, you familiar with? The I was stuff? slightly familiar okay. with the because so I watched not hundred percent. I, I like Star Wars yeah. Rebels. I'm not a huge fan of Clone Wars, mm -hmm. but I, I really like the Star Wars Rebels series. I haven't seen all of it, but I saw enough, and I had seen some episodes with Darth Maul. And I was like, oh, and I loved what they did with his character mm -hmm. in that. I mean, he really moved towards this space of like not really a Sith, not really he's definitely not. He's just not, Maul. He's now, just yeah. really Maul. He's yeah. just like you know, but he still uses the Force, and he's obviously super powerful. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I think it's interesting what Disney is doing mm -hmm. to. Tie some of the animated series into the the live action movies. Uh, there's been some talk that there might be a possibility we're gonna maybe see an Ezra in uh, uh, episode nine. And people always want that. We'll see, we'll see. My argument, my pushback to that is. J.J. Abrams doesn't watch those shows. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't think he works closely with the story group where Ryan Johnson did. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of the story group, and, uh, and even Sam Witwer, who voices Maul, had some thoughts on Solo and stuff like that. There's the, John Kasdan, who, who is the one... There's a great conversation with Lawrence Kasdan, like, John wanted me to put all these things in. I told him I created Star Wars. I don't, with George, I don't know this stuff. And John's like, well, in this book, in this book, in this book, mm. a lot of that's in Solo, but I don't think J.J. cares. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, I will say Episode Nine is looking more and more like... It's going to be a small band of people that we're mm. going to be really following in the yeah, end. Yeah. Well, yeah, it looked that way at the yeah. end of Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. nobody yeah. left. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're like, a well, you know, I think I'm just going to get an apartment somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally good, guys, you know. <laughs> well, one thing I did, i got to bring yeah. this up because I always do. Mm-hmm. What's with the dice? <laughs> you just looked at that yeah. in the notes, and I... <laughs> well, I, 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 I added an expletive. Yes, but, yes, yes. But because here's the deal, as I know okay. it, of the history of Han's dice. Yeah. They were Bob Falfa's dice on his car mm -hmm. in American Graffiti. And mm -hmm. Lucas said, hey, it would be fun. A little inside thing. You stick him in the Falcon, right? right. So then we have this whole uh, series of movies. Han dies. And now at the end of Jedi, Luke gives Leia the dice. Mm -hmm. well, then we learn out. Then we learn eventually that the dice are all about this woman, Kira. Mm -hmm. So Luke is really saying, hey, here's dice from another girl that Han may have loved more than you. Anyway, gotta go. Uh, <laughs> so... So and yeah. then and now they double down on that and show us so much dice. It, it's the final shot of Solo. Yeah, it's yeah. the dice. I'm like, but the dice are dumb. Wait, the dice don't mean anything. Come on. Well, but the dice. I mean, there, yeah, yeah. there's a big payoff in in the Last Jedi with them, I think, and and also I I don't personally interpret it that the dice are tied to his love for Kira. The dice are tied to a feeling of we're gonna get through this. This is for good luck. It's you know it's a good. It's it, nothing more than a good luck charm. He does but, have him at the beginning of Solo, but without a doubt, it's. 
if he's holding them, he's probably at one point thinking of that. Well, there was that one night with Kara. You know, he's, 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 <laughs> he's yeah. you know, um, yeah. And especially because a lot of legends, um, the, the legend stories, uh, and I'm not, a, I'm not a huge legends fan, but, you know, it was always kind of like, oh, those are the dice Han used to win the Falcon. Well, we now in this story, we see it's not. I, I have a question about that. Oh, too. that's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 that. I think they went in a little weird different direction, but. It is going. It's funny, and we and I I love uh, what J.J. Abrams did in Force Awakens. I I got to make sure that's out there for context. Um, I was just talking about this today at lunch with a friend of mine, uh, Alex, over at uh, Black Series Rebel Star Wars show. J.J. Uh, put a scene in Force Awakens where Han puts the dice back on the Falcon. It kind of has this moment, and then so Luke comes back, oh. grabs them, because oh that's interesting. Ryan writing Episode Eight while episode seven's shooting so he has the script and i was like oh great scene those dice yeah i'm gonna connect to that well then jj cuts it from the movie now ryan's left holding this whole dice plot that also is factored into solo so i always look i i wonder i'm not taking to wow. take it away yeah, no. what you feel but no, no, I get, I get if, everything if, you're saying. if han if old han had said oh yeah these dice because we all as fans did they been, shoot that but, but yeah, here's the they, thing. They, they shot it, and, and and we would have been like, oh yeah, the dice from episode four, yeah, that they you know Chewie hits. Why his head didn't and, they put that in? I mean, why could I mean they JJ, knew these were coming? JJ. I mean, well, oh my original god. Original trilogy, Han never gave a crap about the dice. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, why yeah. even have it? I would cut it too. I'd go, well, we got the dice, right, and right. we're we're pacing and yeah yeah. It's totally an inside good. joke between Lucas and Ford. But I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah. in the uh, I haven't seen the scene, but I mean, yeah. in Force Awakens terms, it could have just been a throwaway quick scene, like, hey, this is this is my Millennium Falcon. This is my ship. Yeah. And I've got it back. I'm putting it's, my dice on. Like, it's just, it's like putting the the, yeah. the welcome mat out. It's, you it's, know? it's I mean, a great shot when he goes into the fog. Like, that, that's in there, and it's part of that sequence. And I think oh, just, man. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And again, some people will criticize, hey, maybe they didn't coordinate as much. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes fight against that. But yeah, that's one of those things I'm like, yeah. I, if I'm Ryan in the theater at the episode seven premiere, I'm going, Gulp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Let's get to the tech aspects of this movie because it just came out last year, so it's going to be obviously the state of the art and everything, even though it's making an old school feel because mm-hmm. obviously it's so long ago in the timeline compared to the other movies. And you want to talk about Bradford Young's work as the DP. I am. I, I, I love. I just saw a small snippet behind the scenes thing right. with him, but I loved that he wanted to light with like source lights mm-hmm. that like he went he very specific like if there's a light that's what's lighting them mm-hmm. it's not like oh here's here's a light i see and then there's like you know six yeah. different lights that you don't see off camera it's like what you see on camera is what is lighting them it's clear a lot it's and a dark movie it's a yeah. dark movie but i think it's so i think it's interesting and beautiful and and there's moments where they like move in and out of the darkness yeah. and 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 i think it's such a natural way much more natural than i i think any other star wars film in it's, terms of that it's my favorite looking star wars film yeah uh ford ipso and vandor i think it was mostly but i think that's the clip you're the behind the scenes clip they really focus on yeah. where that's the light uh and after the first two times i saw it that's I saw, where the sabak is y- yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The first, yeah, yeah. yeah, after the first two times I saw it, I came out and I, I heard some critiques that it was uh, too dark, too blue, and I was just like, "Who, are, who are these nutballs? What are you talking about?" And the third time I saw it at a different theater, I couldn't see much of the first five minutes, and I went, "Oh, that's what's going Interesting. on." Interesting. So. We just went through this recently with uh, Game of Thrones, where I had literally no problem with the long night. I was like, oh, it's shot intentionally dark, and then saw it, uh, a friend, and he couldn't see anything. And I totally, you know, it's not craziness. It's just like, oh, we've with the way we're shooting things now, we got to be careful how we show them. I guess right. as well. 
Yeah. So I, totally I mean, there's a it. problem with, uh, you know, this is one of my complaints about, you know, HDR, mm-hmm. uh, high, high dynamic range, you know, and sometimes high dynamic range stuff looks looks great. And sometimes to me, like, you know, you shoot stuff with people are so concerned about dynamic range. And then, it, you know, sometimes it just looks really flat. And to me, really boring. You don't mm-hmm. have a lot of contrast. You don't have, you know, sometimes when I'm color grading something, you know, mm-hmm. just stylistically, sure. maybe I want to crush the dark colors. I want to, you know, I want to get things to pop more or whatever. And, and there's something interesting. And but, you know, you do that. And and you lose that dynamic range, right? Right. But you know, obviously, if you're crushing everything and you're pulling that down, I mean, I would think. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know that when they color graded this, that that they stayed within the legal, you know, mm. levels and ranges and all of that stuff. But the problem is, you have no control over the end user, and you know, mm-hmm. every, you, I mean, mm. every TV, every you know, phone, every. I mean, you know, some some phones look really saturated. Other, phone, I mean, we were yeah. just watching Solo a little bit on your television just now, and it, you know, I could see a lot more of that dy- dynamic range than when I, you know, was watching it a little bit on my iPhone. You know, I mean, right. so, you know, I, I can see why people complained about that. Totally, totally. The same thing happened with DVDs. You ever burn a DVD for somebody and they're like, here you go. And it's like, I can't, I can watch it on my laptop, but I can't watch it on my computer, but on the living room, it plays fine. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't that's, stop progress. That's really, really <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, right. By the way, Bradford Young shot the hell out of Arrival, uh, yeah, a movie yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also switched up uh, composers. Mm-hmm. John Williams is. He does, was John out. Williams does stuff in this. It's listed as John he, Williams. He wrote and Hans Theme. Oh, I didn't Hans know theme that. is John. It's, he signed on to complete the themes. He was like, "I've never given Han a theme. Let me do it." And and but the rest is John Powell. John Powell, yes. Uh, that's very interesting. Only because I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it, it, it's very interesting because to me, the Han Solo theme is the. It's like my favorite thing in the whole thing, and the rest of the music <laughs> well, is kind of like it's good. I mean, it's good. I like it, but it, 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 out of all the soundtracks, it's it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something different for me, and maybe it's just because there's so much action. There's you yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I really, I really like it. Uh, the, there's a couple of the soaring one that when they're flying. Oh yeah, I do love uh, that. It was yeah, playing, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Playing when I showed up to your guys' studio yeah. tonight, and and uh, the the Cloud Riders theme. There's Did a lot he of stuff do the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, that, but I that might back. be part of Han's theme, and he he played. Right. John Powell does say he takes a lot of themes from other stuff and puts it back into right, it. Right, right. It, it, it's definitely more of Star Wars than. Uh, uh, Rogue One with uh, Giacchino, I can never say his name. Giacchino. Right. Giacchino, yeah. yeah. Uh, Giacchino. Uh, he, <laughs> if he, you have to say it like that. That's the only way. That helps you. That, that's, <laughs> that's how I get into every time I need to talk uh, Scottish. I love you. I want to marry you. <laughs> right? That's right. It's your indicator for your steel sign. Gets you into it. Yeah, gets yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think there's some great songs uh, scores uh, in uh, score tracks and uh, just music I'll just say that uh, in, in Rogue One but it's not as Star Warsy. I, I agree I mean well yeah. what I, I love the Rogue One soundtrack I, I yeah, think yeah, it's big, actually one of the greatest Star Wars soundtracks it's good uh, there's some stuff at the end that's some of my favorite music oh it's yeah, just yeah. it's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. it's risky I mean yeah, you know, there's there's well, moment, I mean yeah, you know absolutely. there's there's some just great beautiful stuff and I I to be honest that musically because I, I love scores yeah. I, I was missing that a little bit in this film a that's little fair. bit a little bit of musical risk you know yeah yeah. yeah yeah your fair. outside of context listening ability is not as strong as Williams. Who I could just, I mean, mm-hmm. great thing about Galaxy's Edge, you'll get yeah. spoiled as you get spoiled in Hogsmeade over at Universal right. <clears throat> by John Williams scoring your every step. I right. need that everywhere I go now, <laughs> and you, know, you don't get it. I think that's a great idea, just having scored. Hey, there's yes. a business in there. There's a business yeah. in there. But the, Your uh, personal th- score. There should be more <laughs> anthemic 
score uh, composers. You know, yeah. Giacchino certainly an heir to Williams. I mean, think about yeah. Up and The Incredibles, and yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I know you were supposed to score to the moment, do all that stuff, but I like a good yeah. theme. You know, like, yeah. give, give me a big totally. theme. Um, but Powell is. I mean, when people talk about how to train your dragon, a lot of people talk about the music. So that's oh, his work in that is is outstanding. I mean, I love mm. the music in that one. Mm. So. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and back to the plot. The other, uh, I forgot to bring up one more thing. I want to bring up was all the backstabbing at the end. I kind of burned through it in the plot recap here, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of had that Mac effect for me. Now, if you don't know what the Mac effect is, my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. My least favorite movie of all time is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And they have a character in there named Mac. Do you remember Mac? Mm-hmm. Yes. You do. Is it Ray Winstone's yeah. character? Yeah. The, yeah. No one remembers. It's like the Mac. friend in the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's not. And then he is. And then he's not. Yeah. Then he is, and then you stop caring. Yeah, and there was a lot of that at the end of this movie that I that kind of went all right. Well, I guess I mean Beckett especially he's just trading alliances. I mean I guess he's mm-hmm. a pirate, so you don't know who to trust. But for like four or five minutes before he was switching his alliances again, uh, I found his switching to be interesting. Uh, it felt a little, you know, the thing with the stuff with Kira felt a little bit like oh we're going here now we're going here now we're going here. I felt it to me. I, I felt it more with her. Than I did with Beckett. I almost expected it from the Beckett character. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, my life is a, is on the line, so I'm going to screw you. Yeah, over. look where it got you know, him. and mm-hmm. you, know, you know that kind of stuff. So I I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I totally feel what you're saying. Uh, I I I like what it does for the characters, but in the sense of, it's almost as if the swerves weren't meant to surprise the audience. It was meant to, to, to inform and you know help the characters grow and change and all these things. But the problem is when you're put in front of a movie theater audience and you see it coming, I think we all saw every <laughs> especially the one at Beckett at the end where there's a pause. Could you go you know, Vosses, can you come in here? Like we're all like, Yeah, it's Beckett. Um, I think that does leave some fans uh, wanting, where, where I think there's some great emotional lessons and all those things to the character that I, when, it, when I break it down and study a lot of that stuff, uh, especially for what I was writing the book, like, I love it, but I can't deny it, it, that's a great example in, in King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where you're like, again? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's fine, but like... And just to recap... You, we don't care about Mac, right? Just making sure. Okay, thanks, audience. Back to the story and the guy we care about, right? <laughs> like you know. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. I get it. I Beckett's get it. cool, but what's yeah. Han doing? I didn't yeah. get until literally today, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I really need to work on this. Uh, <laughs> so he shoots first. Mm-hmm. Han. Yeah, yeah. Shoots well, first. Well, don't even get me started. I mean, yeah. I mean, but is that? I mean. Th- th- is that the lesson in that moment? And then that's the, I mean, I that's the that's, reference. I don't to think that's a, a, a casual. You don't think that's a. I mean, no. you, it's you, on purpose. You, you, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I, I yeah, do yeah. too. But I, it's funny. I really didn't get that connection. I just thought, you know, I'm I'm just in the story, like, oh, yeah. he's learning this lesson, okay, and and he and that's why he made that choice, okay. I didn't make that like long connection, long connection. of Greedo. So it's like so <laughs> big yeah. big fu to Lucas, no? Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's really weird, yeah, because again, it's it's Lawrence and John, and <laughs> I gotta think Lawrence has some. He he and Lucas were sometimes at odds uh, over the character of Han Solo. And, and as much as I love uh, George, and, and uh, we, you know, he's the creator, capital T, capital C, the the Han sh- shooting first, and then now where it lies after the 2011 redo, uh, they shoot simultaneously, and Greedo's just a bad shot. Do they shot. really? Yeah, Greedo's just a bad shot. Because George was seen, I think, on set of uh, some of the prequel movies wearing the Han shot first shirt. Um, he was very aware of what it 
of the, the oh, that's funny that it. he did that. <laughs> so I like that makes it. me love him even yeah. more. <laughs> uh, and it's George is George. He don't care. Um, but I yeah not now like, more than ever he doesn't yeah, care. Yeah yeah, yeah now yeah. more than ever. Sold it's a, yeah yeah exactly. Uh, and absolutely to me and it and it and uh, it was what it was that was a specific moment that I, I wrote about. So I, I really love. The, it is. It syncs up to that. It's the same Han that walks into that content, can, cantina, cantina years yeah. years later, where it, you know that's still the mindset. Where it's it, he has to. It's survival. Yeah. But I will say this: I love, and and this is something I loved about the movie in general. We get to see Han as uh, the bright-eyed young guy who 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 is hopeful about life, and mm-hmm. and and I, I loved the moment when he's like, I, I have a really good feeling about this. I was like, what a great <laughs> way to 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 yeah. you know reference that line that's in all the other movies, but not say that line again. Yeah, Give it some kind of new life, a new take. I, I just I thought that was so fun, and I, and I thought it was fun to watch him. Yeah. And even at the end, after he shot Beckett, you know they they have a nice honest moment. I think yeah. I, I think uh, I never know how to say his name, Alan. Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alden Ehrenreich. Um, I, I think he he was fantastic. I really do. I have been burned at the stake for this. I think Alden Ehrenreich was a better Han Solo than Harrison Ford in Return of the Jedi. <gasps> wow! I, uh, wow! I'm not, I'm not saying Force, Force Awakens is some of my favorite Han. Not saying Empire. Not saying New Hope. I'm saying Return of the Jedi I when will, Harrison was asleep. I will go with you that the uh, chart has Star Wars, Han at top, Luke at bottom. And they do they do this <laughs> they do right yeah, yeah. by Jedi, yeah. Uh, Hamill is outstanding yeah and Han is cartoonish yeah he's in the cartoonish plot though he's sadly like, you know yeah, the yeah, Ewok yeah, plot yeah, you know yeah, 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 I don't think that's going to help us very <laughs> like he's doing that whole the, thing the three taps on three PO so yeah and, and that's you know oh, I love that moment come on well, yeah. <laughs> I love that moment and, and Han's Han's my guy I'm a Han guy I've grown up a Han yeah. guy uh, yeah I just I really. I really, really push back on the, the thought that Alden's Han is not a, is not the same Han. I really do. Yeah. And, and in some of the moments that are even some of the more controversial moments, that not necessarily on paper aren't my favorite moments, but I think Alden Alden Ehrenreich's eyes just convey the story for me. I, so I, I really love what he did. I think he had some wonderful subtle moments, and 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 he was he, confident in the character. He, he and even, I just I just thought he was so endearing. Even I he was when uh, towards the end of the movie, when he's getting ready to leave, there's a shot, and he has like. His hands. Uh, there's a couple times he has his hands on his hips. Yeah, it is. It is not just Han Solo. It is Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones and in Raiders Lost Ark. The shot where the they're looking where they're digging and he's got his. Hand oh yeah 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 up. absolutely. It's like that. And yeah. then and then he does a turnaround towards the end when Kira calls back to him to say, "I remember what I you know you yeah. make me smile." He turns around. and It's like. Oh, that's Harrison, man, and, yeah. and he's not doing an imperson- impersonation, an impression. He's he's in the moment. He is Han Solo, and on all reports, yeah. Harrison Ford loved it. Harrison yeah. Ford, uh, I guess, watched it twice in a row. Uh, from from reports, that's awesome. Uh, that, I love that he hearing loved, that. He loved it so much. Speaking, yeah. I, I think uh, Aaron Reich's great too. I just never yeah. thought to compare him to. Jedi Han. That's, yeah, that's an interesting funny. comparison. That's cool. Again, you know, again, I grew up. That's that's the first movie I saw in theaters that I remembered. You know, like I love it. But Harrison oh. was like, I don't want to be here. I wish they. I wish they killed me off. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll chase That's the puppets. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that we love from the movie, yeah. I yes. Abs- then we'll get to the book. I absolutely love uh, the guy who, and I've forgotten his name offhand. Uh, the the man who's playing uh, Chewie, Jonas Swadamo. Thank you. Uh, he is. He's you know, if you have fantastic. Jonas Swadamo, take Proximate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> nice, nice, nice pull. No, but I, I just think he's great. He, he I he mean, he really job. has captured the heart of Chewbacca, and and you know, yeah, may yeah. Peter Mayhew rest in peace. But I mean, but he mm-hmm. he absolutely captured 
that that spirit. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think he's doing an incredible job. Interesting, you should say that because I think the way he comes on the scene is especially interesting because he seems alien, mm-hmm. which yeah. technically he is. Yeah, but he's been such a big, warm, fuzzy second, you know, second in command right, chum right. of Hans that I love the fact that he's just foreign and alien and unpredictable yeah. when he yeah. comes on the scene. Never knew he ate people. That's news. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, eat, you do what you do when you're hungry. Yeah, I mean, he was eating whatever he was eating in, yeah. in Endor. Yeah. People. That was supposed to yeah. be somewhat referential to the Rancor pit and all that. Yeah, yeah, stuff. when they meet yeah. in, uh, when they, yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And seeing Luke's and, and, a Jedi? Yeah. yeah. Been out yeah. of there for a while. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right, you love Jedi, Han. Huh? Make it, make it a note there, Sean. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get on to the book. Uh, why we love Star Wars: The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Give us the hook. The hook of the book. Yeah, the, the book hook. hook. The hook of the book, man, is let's celebrate Star Wars and what are your memories as a fan? I got 43 years of uh, loving this movie and it's my perspective and story, but I think it's everyone's shared story of what pulls you in. And it's not just the big giant moments, those are certainly there, but I write about even the the things as simple as the blaster sounds, the speeder bikes, Mm. the seismic charges that attack the clones from Django's ship. It's one of my, it's my favorite sound in Star Wars. Um, Y-Wings, I write about that. What is that? The seismic charges attack the clones. Yeah, it's my favorite sound. My uh, second favorite is the pod racer. Thank you. Because it's so... Thank you. It's so blue collar. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, I love, and Ben, it's both Ben Burt. Ben Burt, oh, man. such a genius. Uh, um, by the way, I love the charges also, and I especially yeah. love because Ben Burt later became uh, a picture editor for, for some of the movies. Yeah. And um, there was, I know in particular, that sequence with Obi-Wan and the charges and all right. that stuff following Jingle Fett. He was really trying to figure out where does that sound come in because we're saying it's you know when it, where is that sound traveling and yeah. should it be delayed should it be right on spot and I just I love I love his exploration of yeah. of sound the absence of sound in that particular moment and yeah yeah so that so the book is about those little moments it's about what connects us as fans uh, I think anyone uh, any generation and no matter what your experience and point of view uh, hopefully you can. Uh, find some shared memories in it. It's it's Agreed. a love letter. It's it's 104 love letters to Star Wars. Oh, Unapologetic. That's beautiful. You can go to Amazon.com and click, uh, do the click here on the cover and yeah. read the intro, Joseph Scrimshaw's yeah. uh, little forward, mm-hmm. and um, which is a great story it's about great, using. Yeah. He, I don't know if you read that part, Sean, but he, he uses trying to use the force to get a stick out of the snow as a kid. Oh. You know, like trying to pull the, the saber out of the snow. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, everybody has those. And yeah. so, yeah, then that's the line you use in the in the prologue. The moments are the reasons we love Star Wars. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely it. true. That's and it. so the moment you were hooked, you mentioned. Uh, yeah. We'll go ahead and... Yeah, it's... Uh, so I was I was I was one when uh, New Hope came out. And I was in a drive-in theater in my parents' Volkswagen van, so I have no memory of that. But uh, I love it, that you say that in the book. You yeah, tell this little yeah, story. And but you're like, yeah. I grew up. There's that weird period where you, you know your brain, you're aware of things, but you're not picking up. I thought Battlestar Galactica was Star Wars. Yes. Like, uh, you know, they Dirk Benedict. I thought well, that's Han Solo, right? Right. Um, and then uh, leading up to Return of the Jedi in 1983, I saw the trailer uh, at a friend's slumber party. Uh, Return of the Jedi, not Revenge of the Jedi. It was shortly before the movie came out. And Love that story in the yeah, book as well. Yeah, and that was it. That was the moment. Yeah. And I that image of Luke Skywalker with the lightsaber, uh, the green blade on top of uh, Jabba's sail barge, stayed with me, even though it's a second. And in my, I love in my mind. <laughs> I love that you thought it was this I long thing, and you minutes. kept trying to find. Trying to, where is You're it? like, where, where is, is this? It? Where is this? And a lot of people <laughs> point out there's kind of a famous uh, Luke Skywalker promotional photo 
from that uh, era where he's on top of the cell barge, kind of leg forward, green blade. It's on the storybook cover. Yes. Yeah. And I had that. Yeah, and I, I still think, do. I think over <laughs> over my life, I formed them into one memory. <laughs> That's the moment. I'm that going to compare your book brilliant. to Citizen Kane, if I may, for a moment. <laughs> uh, Citizen Kane is a brilliant movie. If you've never seen it, it always seems like so cliche. It's brilliant, but it really is. It is. Not just mm-hmm. film school and the creation of amazing right. filmmaking, but the story's great. And there's a monologue in there by the character Bernstein, who's talking about being on a ferry. And he looks across and he sees a girl in a white dress with a white parasol exit the ferry. Never Didn't even look at him, but he thinks about her every day like every month he's a month goes by where i'm not thinking about about her Mm. you know so it's those moments like you're talking about yeah same thing i remember specifically watching siskel and ebert preview or review return of the jedi and it's the first time i saw a scene from that movie like a full scene they showed a scene it was uh han and Chewie uh flying with the pretending to be imperial they're on the imperial ship flying past the star destroyer fly casual you know that whole scene and so i just remember that specifically this is my living room this is my living room (laughs) i want to can i see this mom and dad we're gonna see it because i saw i i have the star destroyer memory of being a young boy in the theater with my dad so that's okay that's the first moment but then that jedi moment was also one after i cried my eyes out because i wasn't aware han wasn't killed in Empire, yeah. <laughs> Empire sure, Strikes Sure, really back. impacted sure. by that. A lot going on, <laughs> 7, to, <laughs> 7 to 13. There was a lot going on. We have tons of moments, as that, yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. When's the first time you saw Star Wars, Sean? Uh, did we talk about this? We did talk about this in the first episode, oh, but uh, my mom took me. I was two, okay. uh, so I don't have memories of that, but oh, my, sure. I have memories of Empire Strikes Back. And speaking of moments, as you were saying, it's all about these moments. I have this moment with Empire Strikes Back um, because... When we were kids, they were in the theater for, what, six months, eight months, whatever it was. I had a cousin who was supposed to take me and my friend to go see Empire again. Right, right. And for whatever reason, uh, we couldn't find the movie theater. It was was like it was near this mall, and and he couldn't find it, and we were kids. We didn't know where anything was. And so we were walking around and walking around. We finally get to the movie theater, and the movie has been playing for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. or whatever. (laughs) So we go in and it's and we literally walk in during the 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 fight on Bespin, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker. We walk in, <laughs> you know the big part. Yeah. And I still was just like, just staring and just yeah. loving every single second, and really yeah. having a hard time that I missed the other part of the movie. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, battle. Yeah. Uh, he later made that up to me. He was in the Navy and he got some sort of like copy of Empire on Betamax. Oh and, wow! Uh, <laughs> wow! Provided that. So. Uh, let me burn through some of your chapters here. I'll, I'll say the name of a chapter. Just okay. tell us real quick the moment that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the title of the chapter yeah, yeah, is okay. the moment, yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah, you yeah. can tell us why it was so special to you. So I'm just I'm, I'm really just scrolling through, no, and we're that. at. 59, Kylo Unchained. Kylo Unchained. Yeah, this is the throne room scene in The Last Jedi, and I do love that sequence. Uh, I love the choice of Snoke being uh, killed there. Oh, it's there. not the scene I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, no, oh, yeah, you're I'm talking about it's, it's Force Awakens. This is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is from uh, Last Jedi. And uh, it's really, I, I actually had to, a version of that that didn't make the book where it was more about the fight in him and Ray and everything like that, which, which I love. But I, I, I had to, it wasn't working, and my editor kind of kicked it back a few times, and they passed it around the office, and they're like, yeah, we didn't like this one. And that's part of the fun of writing. So you then scream, and you punch your pillow, and you run around the house, and you drink at 2 in the afternoon. I came back and was like, okay, I asked myself, what what do I love about this scene? I love the character of Ray, but I love what's going on with Kylo. And what I like is 
is it is Ben Solo finally in this moment taking control of his own destiny mm. and ain't no one gonna tell him what to do anymore. And I love this idea. Oh, yeah. If you go back, there's a lot of people, a lot of people meeting Han, who's important to him, good or bad, and Snoke, people who he either looks up to or has looked up to. They constantly tell him one thing, take off that mask. Take off that mask. So he does, and he destroys it. Uh, in this moment, this is the figurative taking back of the mask, and I think in nine you're going to see mm. him rebuild the mask, mm -hmm. uh, which makes sense. So I, uh, to me, it's Kylo Unchained, and also story-wise, without Snoke uh, and this traditional, the big guy in the cloak hanging over uh, yep. our villain, now I don't know what's going to happen. Now Kylo is fully in control of his destiny, and he's getting more and more crazy, and he's losing his mind a little bit, and that starts to me at that moment. It is the moment he decides to be Kylo Ren. Oh, I love uh, it, and I think, and I think that is that's the greatest. That's fifty nine. What a great uh, breakdown! Oh my god, I mean, it's so good. <laughs> I love it, and and uh, to your points, like I think uh, that is the, one of the greatest fight scenes in any of the films. I, I think it's fun. it's filled with passion. It's filled with great performances in terms of the acting, and actually, um, a lot of people I don't feel I, maybe, maybe haven't talked about this, or maybe they have. I don't know, but. Uh, there are shots and moments that literally mimic the dream, the Force dream that Ray has right, in, yeah, yeah. in uh, Force mm. Awakens, and they're very subtle. It's really subtle mm, how he did yeah. it, but it's a but you know it's an intentional shot. And I'm like, you know, all, all the haters of the Last Jedi, I'm like, mm. guys, you are missing some yeah. great referential cool stuff that that if yeah. you just let go. You know, let go of your mind. Have you seen yeah. that? What he's talking about? I yeah, yeah. There's a couple things. There's also Ray uh, in training on uh, uh, Octo earlier in the movie. Does moves similar to uh, what Kylo does with uh, Luke at the end. Mm. Um, and Ooh, I, I don't know if Ryan has come out and confirmed or denied that. He might have just left that one. But it's hard to look at it and not think that it was intentional. Mm -hmm. Every move she does on that rock. Is what Kylo does at one point or another with Luke, the the, the Force vision. Oh, of Luke. that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, let me do a quick scroll here. Like, again. We'll do another one of these. I feel like okay. Ryan uh, was very intentional with everything he did in a very thoughtful manner, and, I, and that's the probably the single most. I always come back to the Last Jedi because uh, it really has become one of my favorites because it. Yeah. it I think partially because of the controversy. I mean, it's got us talking yeah. about Star Wars. Look, and here's the thing: I, I I will never take away uh, anyone's ability to not like something. Of course, you know? absolutely. I, I, I'm absolutely. never going to do that, and. and there's some of the 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 treatment of some of the cast and some of the things but you know i yeah. i do feel there are times when i'll hear some things where i'm like ah man i just wish you would watch it again and, and open up your mind and see what's there versus yep. hey if you just don't like it you just don't like it yeah and that's not a fight where you, i want to get into number yeah. one and two i'm going to win because that's your personal opinion right but i just do think ryan t took his time and put a lot of things in there but yeah those know, are people so. who aren't spending enough time loving what they love uh, paul that's that's uh, that's what drives me in media now that's why I'm I'm here because I think and and you guys you know I've seen you now for a number of years so we ran into each other first around the Schmoes No Face Three era and you you guys doing your fun show before like you, you can have fun we can take shots at Aquaman we can have some fun and and there's some things in Solo I don't like but we live in this uh, this time of digital media where oh oh here's Star Wars. Here's a hundred sins of the thing that you don't, you shouldn't. Hear. Ding, 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 ding. Why do that to me? And I'm not saying Cinema Sins, which has an actual channel that does that. That's not their intention initially. Mm -hmm. I don't think initially. I, I, I've I've met Chris and Jeremy, and I, I don't think they did set out to do that. But now everyone decides to watch movies like that. And yeah. what is the fun in that, man? I love yeah. Star Wars. Look at these memories we've had. Yeah. I want to celebrate it, including the silly stuff. 
stupid thing. And the new <laughs> and the new memories and yeah. all the personal memories. I mean, I'm just gonna. I, I mean, I'll probably tell this story again, but you know, uh, when we get to it. But you know, I have a a, a very specific personal memory to Force Awakens, a couple of them. Mm. And one of them is I took my daughter to see Force Awakens because I was like, you know, I mm. wanted her to see this this female, this yeah, yeah. this heroine. I wanted her to get this in her spirit and and, and, and I wanted her to see Star Wars in this way. Yeah. And uh, and I, I took her and, I, you know, I remember Kylo, you know, and I forget, you forget as an adult, like, you know, very in the very beginning, he's slicing someone in half. Yeah, and yeah. all this like terrifying, like murdering all these people. <laughs> and, you're like, and literally every time something scary happened, I just pulled out a red vine. And I just lean over and go, Red Vine? <laughs> I need that for I need that for when my girlfriend wants to watch horror movies because I get I get scared really easily. I'll just like, honey, feed me a red vine. <laughs> so but I mean it's the new it's, it's the new memories too. I mean yeah, it's yeah. it's that kind of stuff. It's experiencing it with friends and family and yeah. and all of those things that make it that make it beyond just a cultural phenomenon and yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's fun. And, and again to your your point, that's I, yeah. Do you love this stuff? Enjoy it. Enjoy well, it. You know, even if you don't, go love what you do. Go love, love what you do. Yeah, yeah. you're if better off po- focusing your your energy in that direction. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not talking about comedy or parody or anything. We're all in the comedy and entertainment business too. But I mean, I'm talking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's where I come from. Yeah, it's beautiful. Real quick, one more. Okay. Number uh, seventy-three, the myth of Luke Skywalker. What scene uh, is this? This is from Force Awakens. This is where Ray and Finn first meet mm-hmm. on uh, Jakku. Uh, and, and great stuff, you know, he's got post jacket and everything, but there's just this moment where he says something about, yeah, I gotta get uh, some plans, it's, uh, the, the droid has some plans to find Luke Skywalker, and she kind of does the whole, she whips her head back and is like, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. And I just love Daisy Ridley in the beginning, mm-hmm. I love her all, all through the movies, but in the beginning of Force Awakens, her first few you know, the first hour or so. She's just so great. And John Williams himself said, uh, I came back because of Daisy Ridley. I saw the stuff and I said, I do not want anyone else to write music for that character. Uh, he said, oh, he wow. Said that, that's he said awesome. that at the Hollywood Bowl two years ago. I was seeing it and he, and he played Ray's theme. I know he was very yeah. much, uh, uh, I, I might have been at that concert actually. You were you I there? Remember, I remember when he said something. He opened about with her. Hook, yeah. uh, hook yeah. that night. Yeah. Uh, and, he del- and, he, and he said that. And he said, yeah. this, I love this character. Well, I, I think I was there. <laughs> Wait a second. Why that's were we not, not sitting unusual. together? I'm sitting here like, that's unusual. We were all there together no, i remember them, I remember them playing uh, hook so going, it, good for you doubling back on hook it is it is that moment because i loved it i remember looking at it and thinking well that's cool because hey luke skywalker is a myth then i love how it ties to the ending of uh force awakens so they're kind of connected yeah um but this is this girl from from nowhere whether or not jj decides she's uh you know palpatine's niece or some weird thing i don't i don't know and and i'd be excited to see what he comes up with but there's this girl left on a desert planet who literally counts down the days and she, she dreams of getting away. Mm. Uh, but really, in truth, she doesn't want to because mm. she's stuck here by her routine, her safety, her waiting for someone that's never going to come or somebody uh, grew, or parents that are never going to come. And so she's attached to this myth and she ha- believes she has no place in the story. And that's what that, that moment is, number 73. It's her loving, uh, knowing and being uh, disbelieving of this Myth. I thought. I thought he was a myth. You're yeah. saying he's real. Flash forward to the end of the movie where she is literally crawling, walking, traveling up the stairs, uh, and oh, it's wow. not. It's not a myth. 
you're there standing in front of it because you're part of the story. And that's a very wow. powerful thing for me in the character and, and young fans, uh, boys and girls alike, who are watching this character. And so to me, it's, it sets up that ending. I got to tell you, uh, you know, what I got to read of your book, mm. I, I just, I love, and you demonstrate it just in all of that. I mean, your, your spirit, your passion for it. But it's just very heartfelt. It's very honest, and it's, and it's, it's awesome. People, a lot of people out there will say Disney's paying us good money to have these opinions, and I wish because I could use <laughs> the money. Um, but nah, man, I, this is I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, love I do stuff. too. And by the way, I you know to your point, I, I love Daisy. I I she's think great, she yeah. is just magnificent, yeah. and I actually think she's maybe the best actor in any of the Star Wars. Really, movies. I, I, I I I think she's just she yeah. has some hard stuff to do, yeah. not just the physical stuff, no, but there's sure. a lot of emotional things yeah. within a fight. So, I mean, there's all kind she's of like great. subtext, and I, I mean, I think she's key to the success of this. Uh, uh, franchise returning, uh, there's a lot of factors, but she's one of the keys because we meet this character early on, and I could watch the stuff on Jakku over and over yep. just because her making her own little food and working so hard to get yeah. a portion of food. I, I love all that stuff, and yeah, I think I love Adam Driver oh, and Last Jedi yeah. a little bit more than Ray, but again, I mean, you're choosing between things I love. Yeah, but but <laughs> something great they're, and they're something awesome. And I, I can't wait. To, I, yeah, yeah, and I can't wait to see how they bring it home. Yeah. Me too, me too. Well, you can jump on Amazon and read the intros, and you get 199 and 98 for free, just to kick you off. And, of course, yeah. listening to the other ones he talked about here, we're sold. Yeah. You can oh, read about you. the Blockade Runner Blaster fight. That started <laughs> everything off, right? Yeah. Uh, C-3PO returns and Punch It Chewy, which is anything with Han. Yeah. Fan. So yeah. check that out. And lastly, uh, I'll just say uh, the movie trivia Schmodown still going strong, and it you're is. highly involved. You're, you're yeah. you've got the the pit boss uh, show, and yeah, you've got yeah. your your what's the what do you call that the job when you're asking the questions? You're running it. You're the host. We're, we're, you're the, we, we just say announcers. Yeah, we're announcer yeah, for we're kinda, a number of events. We do a little producing uh, at the desk too, but but not in terms of. You know, questions, but just like making sure everything's flowing smooth because we tape, uh, we go live to tape. We've only had to uh, uh, cut a few times due to tech problems or f near fist fights. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you uh, you uh, you were involved, man. You got a big match coming up. Yes, this is fun. So please go check that out. Uh, still going strong from uh, I was probably being birthed right around the time that uh, the movie guys and the schmoes know we're sharing space on Toad Hop Network. All right, so uh, Ken Napzox, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away is uh, available at Amazon. And uh, what was the other one I said? Uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Barnes Bound, Noble. Uh, any, any place books are sold. If it's not there, ask them. Uh, they can order it. Nice. And that's four movies down. Uh, six to go. Uh, here on the Countdown to Nine. We'll be back the 15th of every month. Don't forget, the last show of our run will post five days before the release of Episode Nine. Uh, once again, I'm Paul Preston. I'm Sean Blodgett. And Ken Plugs, where we follow you social and all that uh, nonsense. You can go follow me at Ken Napsock or go to KenNapsock.com, and that'll take care of everything. Nice. There you go. And between episodes, check us out at Facebook.com slash Countdown Tonight, at Countdown Tonight on Twitter, Instagram, and everything else. And you get the show on YouTube, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Podbean, and, of course, TheMovieGuys.net. Join us next month as we move forward into the Star Wars Universe timeline to discuss Rogue One, another Star Wars story. Until then... Sean, I love you. I know. <laughs>